...objectives ranging from miserable through oppressive. As I rounded the corner onto 3rd Street, I heard the familiar voice of Leroy Small at the corner newsstand. Another hot one, Jake, Leroy chanted. Looks like the Arabs and the Jews are talking again. Interest rates are stable, and some woman claims your president dropped his pants again. Leroy knows I can't read his newspapers, and he's convinced there is no other source of news in the world, so each morning he gives me his own concise version of Leroy's news and comment. It looks like my president may have better ongoing relations than the Jews and Arabs, I called to Leroy, as I stepped into the revolving door of my office tower. The Derrick Building is one of those marble and mahogany edifices that was built during the Depression, when the oil flowed freely. Buildings like this are extravagant, impractical, and something I hold on to dearly as a relic representing a time gone by that we will never experience again. The lobby is two stories high and made of imported Italian marble. There's a spot in front of the far-left elevator from which you can hear everything said on the entire first floor. This has come in handy for me more than once. As I approached the far-left elevator, the door slid open as if on cue. I knew I was in for a great day. I pressed the button for the fourteenth floor, which for people like me who walk around in the dark is the seventh button on the right side. The elevator car rumbled and rattled up the shaft and groaned as it stopped on my floor. It's not like one of those modern impersonal elevators that shoots you skyward without your even knowing. It's like an old friend with a few aches and pains, but you wouldn't have it any other way. I turned right as I exited the elevator and headed to the last door at the end of the hall. For those who are concerned about such things, the sign on the antique frosted glass says, Dire Straits Lost and Found. We are not investigators, not lawyers, and not anything else that's easy to describe. We simply stumble around and find things that people have lost when they have nowhere else to turn. At this point, I must say you would not be the first person, nor I'm sure the last, to think it strange that people retain a blind man for the express purpose of looking for something they can't find. Now, we've gotten used to this paradox in our professional lives. The we I speak of is my assistant Monica and me. To describe Monica as an assistant is to describe the Grand Canyon as a slight depression. Monica is one of those rare people who can almost accurately be described by simply saying... They are the best at what they do. She is the Michael Jordan, Mickey Mantle, and Muhammad Ali of our lost and found business. I've shared this with her in the past in an attempt to express my appreciation, but I fear the analogy is lost on her, as I heard her once describe Ali as a large man who stands around in his underwear and hits people. As I walked around a reception area, which holds Monica's desk and everything she uses to make the world go round, I calculated I had a good four hours before she would make her daily grand entrance. I folded up my collapsible white cane, which thankfully is not necessary when I'm in the familiar confines of my apartment or office. It is always a relief to get it folded up and put away, uh, much like the relief I would feel if I removed a large sign hanging around my neck, which described to everyone I passed throughout the day the most intense, painful, and private problems in my life. The cane and I have a perpetual love-hate relationship. I opened the door to my office and crossed to my desk. I reached behind me and eased open the window. Another one of the numerous benefits of working in a dinosaur of a building is the fact that the windows really open, and you are not forced to breathe stale, used, recycled air all day. 
Monica's informed me in no uncertain terms that if we ever leave this building and move into one of those sealed glass test tube-like office towers, uh, that my beloved cigars will be permanently banned from the work environment. As this is such an inconceivable thought, I resign myself to the fact that I will either retire or die sitting in my corner office on the 14th floor of the Derrick building. I poured some spring water through the brass and aluminum monstrosity that is politely known as a designer coffee maker. I flipped the switch and contemplated the meaning of life as I waited for the life-sustaining caffeine concoction to present itself after being processed through my Aunt May's Christmas gift from last year. Once Aunt May saw the space-age nuclear-powered coffee maker on the home shopping network, my 17-year-old Mr. Coffee was forever doomed. I leaned back in my decrepit leather chair that has warped and...